Hi, everyone, and welcome to Academic Dean, where we connect with passionate college leaders who share their stories and viewpoints of higher education, especially lessons learned along the way. Now, here's your host, Dr. Dave Gurchak. Hi, everyone. Today, I'd like to welcome Kenny Daughtry to our show. Mr. Daughtry is the president of Myers McRae Executive Search and Consulting in Macon, Georgia. Hi, Kenny. So glad to have you on our podcast today. Dave, great to be with you. Looking forward to it. So, so first, for, for a lot of our listeners, they may not know that I'm actually a consultant with Myers McRae. And I've talked to Kenny probably for the last year about wanting to do this because I see such a need for, for some candidates out there not knowing actually how the search process goes. And I thought, oh, my goodness, wouldn't it be great to just have uh, Kenny sit down and kind of explain the whole process to us? So for that first, for my very first question is, can you tell me about Myers McRae and the services you offer? We do. We obviously, Dave, do, as you know, do a full range of services. We do everything from uh, recruitment, advertising, um, and we man- we really manage the entire pro- search process. We, we like to say the, the things we need a search committee to do is really review applications uh, and, and to make decisions. And we'll take care of all the details. Uh, that's helpful because it lets the search committee focus on what's important. Uh, I always like to say they know what's uh, most, Im- most important, how uh, a person, if they're a good match to the institution, what the institution needs. Let us do recruiting. Let us do the detail work. And, and of course, with advice, we do talk to candidates uh, regularly and we're offering advice to the committee always, of course, is the committee's decision. Well, then let's let's go with explain to our listeners how search firms conducts the search from basically the beginning to end. I think that'd probably be the easiest way to explain it. OK, uh, and, and well, there are certain things in any search obviously that has, that has to, to be done. Uh, for us, uh, one of the first things we do, and it is the foundation of everything we do, uh, is the creation of the position profile. Uh, we're very intentional uh, with the institution to say to us, you know, this is, this is what we're looking for, uh, because it tells us who to recruit. Uh, that position, go, that profile will go in draft form, and sometimes it goes back three or four times to the committee uh, or to the board, depending on depending on the search, to be sure it's correct. And so that's the, that's the first and foundation of what we do. Um, also, the second piece of it, I always say, is that that's really what the committee should use uh, in their evaluations because they've told us this is what you're looking for. So now take that and how do candidates stack up against it? Once that's done, uh, then we begin our recruitment process. Um, there, there are three, really three major parts of recruiting. One is our database. I mean, we have over 120,000 candidates in higher education across the country um, uh, and internationally. Uh, it, we regularly have candidates internationally to apply to our positions. Uh, it is a reach out to uh, candidates uh, across, really across the country. These are in higher education. And so we're trying to reach candidates one that are looking for jobs and some that aren't necessarily looking, they may not know a position is open, but it may be a very attractive position for them. So that's the first thing uh, that we do. Second then of course is 
uh, placing advertisements. Uh, we look and, and work with the institution to, to place in, in a lot of the places you would expect, the Chronicle, Inside Higher Ed, Higher Ed Jobs, uh, diverse uh, issues in higher education and, and others. Um, if it's a specialty search, like a Dean of Engineering, for example, we'll go into some uh, special areas and do those advertisements as well. Uh, and then the third part is really the individual recruiting that we do. Uh, candidates that we've worked with over a number of years, um, that can be, we, we watch, we do a lot of Provo searches, for example. Uh, we're always looking to, you know, in five or six years, will this be a good presidential candidate? So it's, it's always looking and looking for talent is what it is, because that's really what we do. And so we're uh, reaching out to those uh, connections that we've made. When that recruiting is that's going on and candidates come in, of course, the committee begins to review all that. It's done electronically with us. They have access to our portal. Um, and then, of course, the next step after they're reviewing candidates is really let's make some decisions about which of these do we want to interview on the first round. We do, once we once the committee makes that decision, again, uh, we have a process that we, we kind of take them through uh, to get to those decisions. But it, again, and I can't emphasize this enough, it's a committee's decision. Once, once we've selected those, of course, we go into, uh, and we're doing, I don't know, probably 99% of our first round uh, interviews are via Zoom. And of course, we've actually, in, in 2020, we were doing all of it in Zoom. I mean, it was all done virtually. Uh, we've gone back to now more of the campus interviews are occurring um, uh, in most places, at least uh, in person. But we do that. Committee makes decisions. They interview them. We help them with questions. We, we have materials that are prepared for the committee uh, such as sample questions, and they can pick and choose and, you know, create the list of questions they want to ask all of these candidates. Uh, uh, and then once we finish those, of course, we, we, we pick out of that group the ones that they want to invite for campus. Uh, and then uh, once, we, once they've done that, uh, really the process, that specific schedule for um, the, each candidate comes from the university, or a college, but we then go into doing background and reference checks uh, and preparing that for them. So that's that's kind of a short, I guess, uh, uh, description of the process, but that's really what we go through uh, from start to finish uh, in a search. And then when you, when you talk about connections, I know a lot of times phones are being worked. You know, it seems like you may know a candidate, you need to reach out to somebody who may not be in who may not be interested in um, if, if I was thinking about um, uh, I was at a college and I wanted to hire a new Dean or a new president or, or even anybody in academia that like nursing, I know is a, is a hot topic right now is I guess the big question is how do you, how do you um, talk to those individuals, let them know that the search companies uh, especially Myers McRae uh, are a lot different than them trying to do their own search. In other words, because I said, you know, I just like you years in higher ed, but once you move into that search committee process, you start realizing that's a whole different level that you can bring to the table. It, it is all, it's all the details of it. It is access. And then it's the details of the search. Uh, you know, I picked the phone up on more than one occasion and called you and said, we're doing this search. You know, do you, can you make recommendations or do you have connections? Uh, 
those are things that takes time. Plus you have to have those connections and, and working in this business every day. You know, we, there's, I laugh and say, there's only one candidate selected out of a search. You may have other really good candidates in there and they may be better candidates, better suited at another institution, for example. So having access, knowing about them, having seen them interview in many cases uh, is, uh, is important. It is, but it is the time to, uh, so many candidates today want to talk to you about uh, an, a position. And in some cases, it's not just, I'm going to apply, tell me about this. They're not sure if they're going to apply. And it is you're working to recruit them at that point. And I have a presidential search going, give you an example. I have a presidential search going now. I'm over 70 uh, calls from candidates. Not that have applied, but they want to know, they want to learn more about the position. They want to have that conversation. That takes time. As you can right. imagine, scheduling and doing it, and when you're you're talking about, as you described, a, a an institution doing the uh, search themselves, and the search chair that's in charge of that search. I mean, they already have; they're working fifty plus hours a week, right. and so you're going to add that on top of it, and and then can they get it done? And and it, which would be difficult for anybody. Uh, are they then? setting up that schedule and talking to those candidates to be sure they're, they're scheduled for a time for their interview. And they, are they sending the zoom link? They have to send the zoom link to them. There's so many details in it that it's, it's just so much easier, but it goes back to the core of what we believe in that a committee needs to focus on, on the candidates and evaluating candidates. It's not necessarily, do they have to, take all those phone calls or do they have to set up all those schedules and those, those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other thing I think when you deal with committees is, and I've learned this, this is, this was a hard thing because when you're on your own campus, looking at candidates, you have your view of how your campus is, but when you're an outsider sitting in on these things, you start seeing a whole different dynamics. And one of the things that always kind of surprised me early on in the searches where they looked like they were already trying to pick the number one candidate out of 10 candidates. In other words, they weren't trying to really knock it down to a number. They were a workable number. They were, and, and so you could just see how I, I think uh, I love you coined the phrase, keep it broad, keep it really broad, you know? Yeah. The, the easiest thing that I, and I say this a lot to committees, don't try to pick the person immediately. And it's e and that's hard because it's easy to do to say, oh gosh, I'm reading these materials and these degrees and this experience. This is exactly what we need. Well, you learn more. The reason the process runs like it does, and there's different stages, and we, you know, we have materials and Zoom interviews and in-person interviews, etc., uh, is you learn more about them. And it is very easy to get focused in on one candidate. Uh, I will tell you the it's a worn out story about that uh, presidential search a few years ago that I did, uh, we finished first round of interviews and the committee had three candidates uh, literally within less than 10 minutes. It's like, we want a, the candidate A, B and D, no question. So I asked, I said, is there a fourth candidate? And they started, they, yes, there was one they considered. Uh, 30 minutes later after discussion, 
I, I said, okay, let's vote. We've had a discussion. Let's see if we reach a decision. And the vote was tied. So they go back in discussion for 15 more minutes. And I'm thinking, okay, no, we, we're here 45 minutes. Let's, let's stop this and let's see where we are. Well, they voted. It was still tied, but people voted different ways. Now, to the search care, uh, chair's credit, uh, he uh, said, well, let's be open and invite this person. Let's invite the four to come to campus. Well, I probably don't need to tell you the rest of the story of which candidate they wanted after they got on campus. Right. And so that's why I always say we be open because there are two things that happen. You either confirm what you thought. And if you did, you've done a really good, you know, you're, you, you made a good decision. Or you find out, well, maybe that wasn't exactly the way I thought it was. And I've learned more here. And, and then you still made a better decision. Either way, you wind up making good decisions uh, through it. So it's, uh, it, it is about being open as you and, and let the process, you know, work through the process as you do it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's good advice. I, and I think the other thing, uh, you and I were working a search and I'll never forget on paper, there was a gentleman who I thought was phenomenal. I thought he would be in the top three. I thought any anybody would want this individual. And of course, after the interviews and everything, I learned a valuable lesson, which was it needs to be a good fit. And, and that, that gentleman just wasn't a great fit for a certain, uh, for a certain, uh, college, which was, was surprising, which was, was opening to me, which is something that you've learned over the years is, is trying to keep the committee on focus, but also it has to be a good fit for the campus. It, it does. And, and you learn more about them. Again, we, we were able to delve in and learn more about that candidate than what we had on materials. Uh, but that's why that I always go back over and over to, the committee knows that piece best. Are they a match? You know, are, are they a match for what the institution needs today? That's the other critical thing. You may have the skill set for what the institution needed 10 years ago, or maybe even five years from now, that's what they need. But for today, what is it? What are the challenges and opportunities for this position? And who has the experience here to get those things done? Uh, and so that's, but that's really, you know, everybody, every committee member sees an institution through a different set of eyes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that is important to take all of that into consideration. And one of the things that you, you know from ours uh, is that everybody's input is important and is, uh, is used in that decision. Uh, I, I'll, I'll tell the other story. A lot of years ago, I sat on a, before I did this business, I sat on a, a dean's search. And we had two people that just talked louder and longer than everybody else. So everybody just gave up and went along. And I, and I kept sitting there thinking, there are people here that certainly have some really good opinions, but we're not being able to hear them. So everything in the way we designed what we do is we're going to hear, hear all voices in it. Everybody yeah. going to have input. Uh, because I think at the end of the day, it is so important to, to get that fit that you talk about. Yeah. Well, when I look at your bio, it looks like you joined Myers McRae back in 2008. So can you talk about yourself a little bit and the path that led you to become the president of the company? Well, that's not the easiest thing I like to do. <laughs> I, I know. You, you know me well enough to know I don't yeah. talk much about that. Uh, no, I, I, I had the opportunity to come in this, uh, come with this company. Uh, it was, you know, I won't, we won't go into my career path because everybody would laugh at it if they... They, they just want to know, 
well, how did you decide that? And I don't have any answers for it, so we won't go there. But one of the things I've always think I've done fairly well is take advantage of good opportunities. And uh, this was one to do something different, stay in the higher ed world and um, just made a decision to, I'd been raising money and working in advancement for over 12 years before. And uh, it sounded like a good thing to do and a good opportunity. And I did. And uh, certainly um, when our CEO and chairman of the board bought the company, they asked me to come with them and uh, we really revamped it from, from scratch and uh, built the system we use today, the one you've used and, and seen. Um, and, and what was, I think, important, because it was the only way I knew how to do it. That probably was not that I was any smarter than anybody else. I'm not. But I, we built it from a search, a search committees and an institution's chair, because those have been the chairs we, we've been sitting in for years. Uh, that's the other critical thing. I think in this, it's not exactly what you asked me, but it's important. We come out of higher education. When right. you talk about a challenge, we've probably seen it. We've probably dealt with it and we've probably seen it. So we did everything in that to, uh, to look at, and this is from pricing to process to how you evaluate candidates from what's easier from that chair uh, of a, of a search committee member. I mean, the perfect example is you, you remember some will, and, and some may not remember this, but there was a time that you had a stack of, they walked in and you had a stack of resumes about three feet tall and everybody started reading them and saying, well, I think we want this one. I think we want that one and so forth and so on. And we eventually would come to three or four or five or six that what we've tried to do is say, let's start this earlier. You can do it electronically. You can have easy access to it. Uh, and um, again, we think it makes a better decision. I think this, not for me, I, you can tell it's hard for me to talk about me, but uh, it's just, uh, it's been one of the, one of the fun things. Yeah. I get to work with great people from all over the country Inter internationally. I can't forget that. I, I've, uh, uh, gosh, I've done Zoom interviews with candidates that were in, in, in South Africa. I've uh, uh, regularly talked to candidates that are in Europe and um, uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, and so it's but you it's it, it's one of the really good people that you see that, that are in higher education. And that's a that's a heartening thought that our youngsters have this high quality great people that are out there working on their education every day. Uh, so that's fun. The other side of it is it's really interesting for me to watch how different institutions deal with some of the same problems. You start to think about it and you're, you're in institution A in the East and they're having whatever problem. And then all of a sudden you're dealing with one in the Southwest, for example, and they're having the same problem, but they're dealing with it a little differently. And I, and I don't, you know, we don't, we do some consulting, we really don't do much of that, but it does help in the search process because sometimes you can say to the board, you know, have you thought about this? Right. And not to say this is what you need to do, but I think for me, it is just the learning experience has been really, it's been really fun to, to watch how everybody does it. Yeah. It, it seems like every, every time 
I'm with you on something. You have history with everybody that's pretty much at the table. You, you seem to always know all the players. Well, that's just the, that's probably just the result of having done this a long time. I, that may be it, but um, you know, I've done, I don't, the last time I heard a count from the office, I quit counting was about over 300 searches and that's uh, a lot. But, but if you, if you stop back and look at that, you think about the number of individuals that you've dealt with over time, sure. uh, over those 10 years, uh, and that you start multiplying that out, the number of candidates by the searches. And so you do deal with a lot. We, the other thing that we do, and I, I do this, you know, I enjoy it. Uh, but is I take time for candidates. I know mm -hmm. we're paid for, and we work for the university or college. But I take time to, to listen and to talk to candidates. And sometimes they'll call me and they're not close, they're not even remotely qualified here. Uh, but if I can help them in some way, I do. And so I think from that, there's just so many that I remember over time. I, I, I probably can't tell you what I had for lunch, uh, but I can tell you about somebody that it may have been five years ago that I had a call with that were, they happened to be somewhere some institution dealing with something, looking for a particular um, position or asking about a position. So, uh, Let me ask you, that. I, I, I was going to ask you, do you remember your first search? But after you said 300, I don't know if I should set you up for that. Well, I remember it well. I, <laughs> I can easily remember. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the first ones I did, I don't know if I remember the exact first one. One, and and it's one of the first ones that I did uh, in the company uh, was a presidential search. And I'll, I'll leave names out of it. Uh, he is still there today. Uh, oh, took, a, took an institution that uh, had had a long-term president, and, uh, but we're beginning to have some challenges. Uh, turned it around. And, and today, I, in fact, I talked to him not long ago uh, that institution is in is in good shape he turned it around financially turned it around enrollment wise uh and is uh is thriving moving forward uh that was you know that was one that it, it's always great to look back and see success and and not that i had anything to do with it other than guiding really recruiting and guiding that process but it is a little bit uh, and I think that's what you, that, that's, that's too, for me, what you get in a lot of these searches, because that not directly, but indirectly impacts students. Mm -hmm. If you have a, no matter what the position, whether it be Dean, VP or president, uh, you know, if they're succeeding, uh, they're helping students succeed. And that's, I always like to say, that's what we got in this business for. So yeah. how, is, how is Myers, so from that first search then, what has changed over the years till today for Myers McCray? Yeah, it was uh, Myers McCray when 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 the CEO and the uh, uh, chairman of the board bought it was basically a small, a very small firm uh, that uh, conducted virtually all, probably ninety percent plus of their searches in private institutions. Uh, we revamped everything we did, as I mentioned earlier, but we started to we felt like that we need to be working in state institutions as well. Uh, and so we broadened that reach uh, through that. And that's one of the, one of the things we did was begin to work with state institutions today. 
Uh, we're probably working with more, we are working with more state institutions than we are private. Um, we have a, uh, a really a pretty broad background because my, of course, my, I've worked both in public and private uh, prior to coming in this, in this business. Uh, so that's the biggest change is we've grown it. The company's doing 50 to 60 searches somewhere in that neighborhood, given the year, let's, let's just don't count 2020. Uh, but given um, uh, a particular year, we're doing far more searches than what they were before. We're doing it broader. We're doing it nationally. Uh, that firm was a lot in the Southeast, certainly in the East. Uh, and as you know, I like to say we're working from uh, at any given time, we're working from the Canadian border to the to the Mexican border and from the Pacific to the Atlantic and, you know, everywhere in between. But I think the growth of the company was this is really the huge change. We're, we're, let, let me say this. What we and in our very first, I said, you know, we we don't want to be the biggest. Um, that's not the goal here. We want to build relationships with institutions. And I think that's one thing that you've seen that we've done and others say is that we get invited back multiple times to do searches. We're building that uh, relationship with them, but we have kept the company at a size because this is what I think, and, th and this is just who we are, uh, all of us, the, the people that work there is we've kept it at a size so that it is we, yes, we, ha we, we have the access to candidates that all the big firms do, uh, but we're at a size where when you pick phone up, you get me or you get called right back. You're not getting, you know, answered from somebody else or somewhere else. If I'm running your search, you have my cell phone. I mean, that's the kind of connection. That's the, uh, what we expect uh, that an institution would have. So we, we've kept the size such that it allows us to do that but we've tried to, to put all the other pieces together of a, of a much larger firm. You know, uh, since you mentioned once again, that 300, has there been any really interesting searches that have really, huh. uh, I like that. I like that smile. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, there, it, it, searches have their own um, life. I always say that there's, I mean, they they take turns and unexpected turns and, and, and trying to work through them. Um, there are some that are difficult because they're in specialty areas. You mentioned nursing, and that's one that uh, we do a lot of uh, and have kind of gotten known for doing those. Uh, but they're not easy because you know how difficult it is to, to uh, really to get people to move a lot of times. They're where they want to be. They're a lot of times close to family. Uh, and, and so moving is a little bit difficult. So that's that access to candidates. Uh, is important. Uh, though the, I, I think back of interesting, there probably there probably better stories in it. But uh, you know, those are the ones that are they're more challenging, certainly more rewarding at the end because of what you're doing. But uh, some of the some of the first ones were, uh, I mean, they were a handful, I guess to say the, the, the least. Uh, we have built a database. I have a colleague, Jennifer Barfield, that really specializes in a lot of our healthcare area. Uh, and she does, she does some incredibly, uh, what I think difficult, uh, searches in healthcare, uh, and, uh, is very successful at it. But now I, that, that's the, what I, when I always smile about it, I, it always takes me back to those early Dean searches that were just, 
you know, there were just a lot of work trying to figure it out. Uh, when I was leaving my position as dean, I, w- I was ready to to move on, and um, you know, that's why I came to Mars McCray because you guys were kind of personable. We we had a relationship, and so I so candidates really do feel um, supported by you even after the search is over. Right. I tell people, you know, if I can help you, then call me. Yeah. And I mean that. I think that's, it is genuine. And I think it, from the results of the candidates that do call me, I think they find that. Uh, Many times when we announce a search, candidates are very comfortable with picking the phone up and calling me. They're so comfortable sometimes that they text me and uh, I get a phone number and a question uh, but I may not know who it is. <laughs> so, uh, but, but that's a good thing because it's always, uh, I think that comfort there, we've talked, uh, they're comfortable with reaching out. And so, yes, you're, you're right. They, uh, we, they do reach back to us at times because we tried to, and that's the way I want it. Uh, I, I even tell them, I've told candidates, look, if I can help, if you're in another search and something else and you have a question that you think I can help you with, it's okay to call. I mean, yeah. don't, don't think you only can call me on something we're doing. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, so let's talk about those candidates. So if I wanted to apply for a position as the Dean of City College and Myers McRae was handling the search, what advice would you give me before even the process started? I'd give you a call and I would say, how can I make myself stand out as a candidate or, or what mistakes should I avoid during the process? Do you have any advice on that? Well, I, I will, uh, I first will tell you, as I tell every candidate, my advice on a dollar gets you a cup of coffee. And so once you know that, then I have probably have plenty. Um, yeah, yeah there, the, yes, there's some things I say. If you, when you do your materials, be very clear in your CV, where you've been, when you've been there, what have you, you know, what's your responsibilities and what were your successes? And, 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 in number of in your years in your tenure be sure that's clear that you were let's say 10 years at this institution now you may have had three different positions and been promoted what that gets <coughs> read is if you put I'm, i was in this one three years and this other one four years and then this last one two years and and you're showing in different titles even though it's under the same institution a lot of times that gets misread as a job hopper. Well, they didn't stay there very long. When in, in truth, they stayed 10 years, they just had different positions. Be sure that's clear. Um, remember committees read multiple, you know, they're gonna read multiple, multiple uh, uh, applications and materials. Make it easy to you know, know where did you go to school, what your degrees, what's your experience uh, that is easy to read. Uh, that's, that's one of the first things. The other thing is speak to the institution. Uh, you, you know, you, you, we've all seen the cover letter come in and somebody forgot to change the name of the school because they were using yes. the template. You know, that just, no one gets by that. I can tell you search committees just won't get by. So what you, what you uh, need to be sure is you're speaking to the mission. Are you, you know, is this institution attractive? To, are you looking for a job? Are you looking for this job and this institution. So I always say, speak to the mission and how that connects to your experiences and to the institution. And and one, which is not the most important, but it is speak to the area. You know, is there an attraction to the area? 
uh, that I say this, you can love your job and you can love the people you work with, but if you don't like where you live, you probably not staying long. And so if it's a place that is attractive, it's a place to live. If it's the mission of the institution's right and the position is attractive to you. What we know out of that is that creates long tenures. Hmm. Long tenures then gives you time to plan, work a plan and have success. We see more success for the institution and the individual uh, with that. So, um, you know, be, be sure it's all, you're really speaking to the institution. Those, those are two things that I, I would tell any candidate uh, if you're doing right up front, look at that, look at that profile we built when it comes out, because it's going to be important uh, and do your homework on the institution. You know, it, it's how many times, and you say you, you, I know you've seen it because you've been on with me and seen it and searches you and I've worked. How many times have we had a candidate finish, get off of a zoom and a search committee member say, well, they really, I really like that. They did their homework on that. They knew about our strategic plan. They had, done that kind of work that shows an interest in in the institution and the faculty staff there so sure. those, those are the things i always say be sure you do uh, for any candidate yeah that's that's a good point kenny so as we talk about this past you know 2020 and and now as 2021 is getting right in has there been any surprises over the past year that actually turned out to be a good thing for mars mccray well, uh, well, one, I think over the past, the, in, in 21, uh, we've just been busy. We've been very busy. Uh, and so I think that has. Uh, was that a surprise? Did you think that it, you guys weren't going to be as busy as you were? Uh, it was hard to know. When you came out of 2020, in which we were, you know, we were fortunate. I mean, we had, we had a lot of work in 2020. But nobody, it was, it was the same thing, I think, for us that the, that the institutions dealt with. You didn't know. You know, everybody was like, well, what's enrollment going to be like? Or are we going to need this position? And so we didn't know either. Uh, you know, will, will institutions continue to do searches or will they just stop? Um, fortunately, you know, for us, they did. The people we'd worked with continued to uh, and, and others uh, you know, continue to come to us because talent is, you know, success, you have to have talent. And, you know, success is, is really, uh, to me, is built around it. You know, the better the talent, the better the team you have, you know, the, the further you go, so to speak. Uh, 21 has been very busy. Uh, it's, um, uh, again, there, there's still so much. I mean, we're dealing with a little bit of it now. What is this new, is it, Omicron variant that's that's out there and and you know watch the stock market you know all of a sudden the stock market takes this drop because it doesn't know and so everybody else I think was a, it was a quick pause thank goodness it was quicker than 2020 but it was a pause of what does this mean uh, and so we've all been dealing with so many uh, unknowns uh, for the last two years um, we learned some things I think this is a, I think this is important. Just like, and I, and this is a great credit to the academy. I'm going to say this, the credit, the academy gets a lot of, you know, a lot of people have their own comments about they don't do this and they don't do that and whatever. But the great, I think, example of the academy is how quickly we were able to change and go virtual. Now, 
I guarantee you, if you had called someone in March of 19 and said, uh, you know, we're going to have to go completely virtual in two weeks, we're thinking about doing that, they would have laughed you off the phone. But when necessity occurred, institutions did it. Yeah. And we were successful in doing it. And I don't care. That's a credit to the people in the academy uh, that made that happen. Uh, you'll find some, I'm sure, that didn't think they'd ever like it and uh, teaching virtually and do. Uh, I think it's going to change some of, of uh, really uh, higher ed that we'll see some blending of it more. Uh, but that change and that it wasn't it was a change for us. But we had been doing virtual work for years i mean i can i can date it because we were using skype and uh <laughs> you know that long ago and so we began we were ahead of it because we went back out as soon as we were they started talking about closing everything we went back to people we were working with people we had worked with and said okay you know we've thought about this we came together as a company and and talked about you know what do we do here to make this work so this can continue uh, and we had institutions do virtual, they did virtual campus interviews. Uh, and candidates never stepped on campus. I mean, they had, but, but they, they, the schedule was the same as if they had been on campus. They did open forums. They met with, you know, groups of deans, for example. They met with faculty. All of that, they just did virtually. I mean, even to the point that they were doing campus tours for candidates virtually. So we were, we were prepared for that to say, here's how we keep this on track. So you get the talent that you need. That, that I think is one of the, uh, just like institutions, one of the biggest changes is, is doing it at that step. We've been doing it at earlier step for years, but being prepared uh, to do the, that, that final step that we had to do virtually, so. Yeah. Well, here's my last question. What do you like to do when you're not working? <laughs> and I know you work all the time, so I'm interested to hear your uh, answer. I, uh, uh, well, outside of three young grandboys uh, that uh, keep me uh, pretty busy, uh, you will find me on, on a lot of weekends, uh, as I like to say, following th uh, uh, my German short air pointers. I love, I do competitive field trials with them there. Um, members of our family, as I like to say, but uh, uh, it kind of fuels that competitive thing for me. And uh, uh, we do um, um, we do those when, whenever we get to the opportunity to do it. It's, uh, you know, it's, I think the coach part of me has never left me. Some fact, somebody said the other day said, you know, that really part's never left you in all these years. And I think, well, that's true. Most of what I do now, that's really related to the dogs. I love to see and it was what I loved about teaching, but I love to see what I call the light bulb go on. And, you know, you, you get them as young, then they're young and they're eight weeks old. And as, you, as they grow and learn, you, you see that, you just see the instinct, the things they're bred to do come into play. And so, uh, yep, you'll find me out in the field somewhere chasing one or two or three, or I won't count how many I have uh, of my German short air pointer. Well, that's a nice way to end our conversation today. Kenny, thanks so much. This was so much fun for me. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Thanks everyone for listening. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode and make sure to visit our website at academicdean.com for additional information. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time.